Welcome back to The Circle, everybody. Lost Boys Cypher Circle is back in session. If you didn't know, now you do. This is home of all things artistic, all things spiritual, and all everybody lo lost in the world. Um, this is a place to come get your thoughts and your feelings hurt without any um, judgment or... Um, you know, anybody, anybody judging you for your feelings. And it's also a place to come connect with your fellow artists, your fellow human beings and get to know them better and realize that we're all kind of going through shit. Um, as I always say, um, we are all kind of going through shit. So if you always, if you need someone to talk to, I'm always here to talk to you. You can always hit me up. Um, there's also always somebody in your own life that you can talk to. Um, whether you think there is or not, it's a colleague, a friend, a coworker, um, your your dog, whatever. You can talk to somebody. Uh, and if you can't talk to any of those people, you can also reach out to 988, thank you, Brandon, 988lifelinecrisis.com. Um, you can text them. You can also go to their website and they have trained professionals on hand to help you and give you some guidance. Um, you can also go to betterhelp.com. And they will hook you up with a trained um, therapist in like 48 hours. And if you don't like the therapist, they'll switch it out um, at any point. You can also do therapy over text, call, video chat, whatever you want, whatever makes you feel comfortable. So it's one of the most comfortable and affordable options out there. I hope people find some help there. Um, before we get rolling, um, I like to give a trigger warning um, because sometimes we do talk about some sensitive topics, some vulgar topics. Um, and get it together over there, man. So <laughs> we, we got, we got the wrong title screen up trigger warning. Thank you. Um, we talk about some triggering topics on here and, um, if anybody is triggered or, you know, upset by anything we say, full permission, click out and I will not, I, I won't get upset with you. I won't mess. To you and your, I won't be in your DMs. Eh, why'd you leave my show? Blah blah blah. Artists, audience, doesn't matter if something makes you feel uncomfortable. You have the right to leave, no matter what. Um, so that out of the way, let's get the show started. I I have a announcement um, that I will, I'm gonna say it again at the end of the show. But I'm so excited. I got to get it out to you guys. We have a new segment coming on the show. Um, I'm gonna be doing extra episodes. Um, and it is called Lost Boys Presents Deep Cuts. Um, they're going to be extra episodes where I bring on an artist one on one and we talk for an hour or two um, and just get to know each other, go a little bit deeper than we can on the show. Um, I've already recorded a couple episodes and the first one will be airing at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Uh, Western on Monday. So meet me here on Monday or Facebook, YouTube. Spotify, Apple, iTunes, meet me any, any place that you can find your podcast. And, um, I got an extra episode for you. It's going to be super awesome. I hope you guys like it. Um, and if you want to come on the show, um, I did, I did forget to mention this at the beginning, but if you want to come on the show, you can message me also on Facebook at Dylan Lawler or, um, at lostboy420x at gmail.com. So, um, and, oh yeah, we're also accepting donations, uh, on Venmo cash app and, uh, PayPal lost boy, four twenty X, same thing as the email. Um, hit me up, uh, anything from 10 cents to $10 works and any kind of art is welcome on the show. So, um, 
that being said, we're going to bring our uh, first artist out tonight. Uh, he's been scheduled all month, and he's been given one hell of a show. So please welcome my man, Cage C. Y'all already know him. Um, he's a poet and MC. You can find him on TikTok at Cage C790 or follow him on uh, follow him on Facebook at Caleb Cooksley. Cook Cooksy, whatever. I'm gonna play his flyer. I gather up all my problems and I put them in a bucket. But why? So I can dump them and solve them if they have a solution. But my demons are disposition. So to me, there is no competition. I'm in this for my own operations. If you ain't feeling so hot, then all right. My mind's already missing from its spot, unscrewed from its knot. No, I am not feeling so hot. These feelings are not simply dropped. They escalate, bring masquerades, and I'm the fox in the whole hit between this massive elevator is brought. So, no, I am not okay. What's up, man? What's good? What's good? How you doing? I'm so glad I sent you that flyer, bro. I like listening to it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Good luck. For sure, bro. So you got tonight. You 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 have your uh, you have your headphones plugged in, right? Yeah. Do I sound better than usual? Yeah. Yeah. You, you're all right. Do, does it sound all right? Do my? Yeah. It's. I, I think. I think there's a little bit of feedback, but it's a lot quieter than usual. So I think we should be all right. Um, all right. Yeah, it's you, it might also be because I'm in my kitchen. Oh, what a, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, regardless of your mic or whatever, like, you've been giving one hell of a show. I'd be trying. This month, you've been coming on and just laying it down with some straight fire. Hell yeah, bro. Got to. Hell yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to be able to give you the opportunity to, to get it out there, man. You looks like you've been writing a lot and you've been, you know, like it's, this is really the, hit the so. I got I got two more pieces that ain't been heard on the show yet, so that's pretty awesome. Hell yeah, man. All right. So what what's the first one you're gonna do with? Uh, I'm gonna be running masquerade. Masquerade. All right, man. Well enough said. I'm gonna drop myself out of here. Let's get to it. You could never see that side of me. Always hidden, always that same face. I put on like a deranged masquerade. Every direction you see when I stand in place could just be another out of scene piece of equipment I throw on and place in my face. To me, it's safe. For you, it could be you looking from the wrong angle of the mental ensemble. My brain chose for you to assemble, so get used to the faces. They won't ever be out of place. They create my ego that some would say is downward escalating but i say it's only just begun elevating who i am doesn't concern you who i want to be will never involve you leave me to my demons else you get that face of disgrace and i'll just forget about you these hellish condescending faces match the inner shell to keep myself from falling into someone's plan to drain my cells hell's bells ring once a new veil of infamy shows up and you so happen to be the one standing in front of you don't proclaim the style it's false advertisement it's simply a way to keep away the conformance to it look at me and judge my inner contortions so instead, I'll leave you with this conceptual abomination I conceived, thus you will never see that side of me, the one behind the mask I use. Always hidden, you would never see that side of me, it's a face that is broken. I adopt a mask of infamy willingly, keeping every demon encased inside me, remove the facade and release with ravish within a prison, it's not pretty. In fact, it's something I cherish with dignity. It keeps me safe when a presence introduces me to a new kind of insanity. Though that face is the real me, you might not cherish that side of me. 
Once that mask is off, only then could you judge me. My inner contraptions work like a gear out of place. Each stutter recites a new form and order. Each person gets their own facade until they show me themselves without the mask covering the scarred tissues of their inner sanctions. Only then will this ravaged prison be left open to them, and even then... The face would just be the creation you assembled. The mask, be, the mask would simply be what I incubated. In the end, what's control if you never know who has it? If I never brewed contraptions and perfected, then I would have never learned to master it. So you could never see that side of me. And when it's arranged around on only the side you could see, remember, that's the only compensation you'll get from me. God damn, bro. <laughs> This man, this man said, "I am whatever you say I am." Once, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of vibe. That's the kind of vibes I got from that. Though. That's, that's no, that's that's, that's perfect, bro. That's perfect. That's a good way to look at it. It was like it was it was that fucking it was that uh, uh, the way I am attitude, you know from Eminem just I am whatever you say I am. I wasn't like and it, it it was like bro like we put on this you said so much and like and it, it hit it hit me so hard because like i feel like especially me but like i feel like a lot more people than they'll admit put on a big face put on a mask every fucking day and you know what dude it really gets fucking sick and tiring and it is literally like you, you like kind of uh, what you touched on in there was like how you're pretty, you're perceived however people paint you. Like you're, you're like a walking fucking canvas, and where everybody just paints whatever their their own image is onto you to yep. perceive you. Like it's like painted yep. by everyone else. And if that's how you want to perceive me, shit, then that's what I'll be. You feel me? Like. <laughs> that's what i mean that's why i was kind of getting like I, the fucking what the way i am vibes off of that dude yeah dude that yeah. Was, like, and definitely one you done it was it was focused it was concise it was like very uh like a lot of a lot of places have so much that you're just talking about so many different things um not that they're not all very like captivating but that one was like more it was focused it was it, you know what i mean it was a like one one topic that you like just needed to like speak speak on you know what uh, i mean like yep. i'm yep. on this mask every fucking day and i'm sick of wearing it swear to god i feel like bro i'm gonna i'm gonna bring these other artists up here to see what they thought about it uh what y'all think so the thing that i took away from that i mean there's so much i could really say about it but the one sentence that sticks out of my head is that your give a fuck is broken and i think that's beautiful (laughs) <laughs> my give a fuck is broken. There you go. Yeah, that's about right. And I think that's, that's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Hell so yeah, I appreciate that's it. That's all I have to say. You're welcome. Absolutely. Well earned. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, well, um, not only with the lyrics, um, I feel like the way the cadence of your voice or just like the how your voice being not just like the delivery of the words, but also like the actual expression, like without, like, I don't think it would, obviously people should read it and stuff, but I think it's the same, you know, to really understand completely. It's really cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. 
Yeah. 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 And, and you I, can I like, really tell you have. I'm sorry. I just want to say one more thing. I you can really tell that you have a lot of experience rapping. So it that okay. really out. <laughs> I mean, okay, sort of, but not really. All right. I do a lot of acapellas and I practice in my head a whole bunch, but I've been writing since I was 13 years old. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and yo, like, I'll just say, I'll just say like, the progression you've made since you came on the show versus where you are now is like fucking tremendous. Like where, when you first came on versus where, where you are now. And like, I feel like as a host, like I've gotten better too. Like we've all, this show has kind of made us all like better, uh, and yeah, man, you, 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 since you come on the show so many times, you just got like so much more confident, so much yeah, more I, like competent, com- competent, and competent. Um, th- this show has inspired me to want to do better or try harder. So yeah. I'd be practicing a lot. Hell yeah, man! I want to appreciate all the effort, dude. You did definitely pays off. It definitely pays off. Sure, it's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, I'm going to uh, talk you out of here and uh, bring up our next guest, um, which is Miss Elizabeth. Um, she has been on here before. Uh, Miss Elizabeth Sugg. She's an author. Uh, she's po- published in multiple anthologies. You can find them all on Amazon. Oh, shit. I didn't take him off. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I thought I clicked it. I don't know why it didn't go off. My bad, everyone. Uh, Miss Elizabeth Sugg, she's an author. Uh, she's published in multiple anthologies. You can find them on all on Amazon under her author page, Elizabeth Suggs. And you can also follow her on Instagram at Elizabeth Suggs Author. So I'm going to play her flyer and get her up here. Into the Dark by Elizabeth Suggs. Emma stands at the door to the psych ward visitor center. She holds up an old college photo of her interviewee one she received from his mother. She had photographs from his court hearing, but it was this photo that his mother forced upon her, told her to see him decent, because that's what he was. This sentence was just a misunderstanding, she was sure, but the old woman was a fool to think Emma can change anything. It's just a story. She takes another step and spots her target, sitting in the darkest corner is a man somewhere in his mid-thirties. Once attractive insanity and sleepless nights have stripped that away. He hides his hideousness under a long brown beard bespeckled with gray. Welcome back, Miss Elizabeth Suggs and your amazing bookcase. Thank you. Well, it's two technically. <laughs> oh, awesome. 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 Yeah, you got a, quite the collection there. Yeah. Well, like a well, library. I know that's that's the dream is that I want to um, yeah have a thousand books one day and have an entire room or even more maybe I just want to have the Beauty and the Beast library like yeah like that scene I was just gonna say that scene where Belle walks in and she yeah yeah, yeah it's so hard you know I mean a girl just needs some things some simple things like a several thousand books you know <laughs> and like the worst part is like I know this is a side note but um, so during Christmas. I got a ton of like gift cards, you know, to like, um, like a Visa gift card and like Barnes and Noble, you know, like things I, so I went into a lot of bookstores and, and I like, sometimes I'll read a book and then I'll be like, oh, you know, like I want to, I don't like this one. So I'll trade it out. So I've been going into bookstores like a lot. So I keep crave, it's weird. I like crave going into a bookstore. It's like, 
I think I might have a problem now. I I, I, I honestly love I love bookstores. Like I you, I get me in a bookstore. You can't get me out of one. But like I have to drive pretty f- like at least I think the nearest one. It might be yeah. might be like half an hour away. Really? But yeah. Yeah, I, I, so it's not like it's and and and, the, and it's also one of those like big chain ones. I think it's Bam, which used oh, to be Borders. Know. Every everybody, you don't know that one. No, it might be it might be a state it might be a state thing. I'm not sure. I don't I'm know if that's a, if, if that, like- yeah. I don't know if it's a if it's a countrywide chain or if it's just a statewide chain. But um, yeah, and it, it has like um, it has more than books though. It's like it's kind of. It used to be this other store called Borders that was just a mostly just a bookstore and then it got bought out and now it's like books and also CDs and like which are like kind of irrelevant nowadays. So they're selling they're actually going back into selling a lot of vinyls nowadays, which is awesome. Um, but like yeah, like more electronics, more like stuffed animals, you know, like more like FYE in the mall kind of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I love good old fashioned bookstore. I, I can't, I can't get enough of books. Um, and I mean, as writers, you gotta like absorb, you know, you gotta absorb like a sponge and then, yeah. Yeah. Utah is like huge in the indie book community. So we actually have a ton of indie bookstores in Salt Lake. I, I think I'm like driving distance, like within like 10 or 15 minutes of just like five or six indie bookstores which is crazy like that's like unheard of in most places that's so, really cool that's really cool local authors like utah is huge for local authors oh that's awesome i i mean i wish that uh, new hampshire is huge for like trees and cows um there's not much there's not much else out here um i mean we 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 have like granite yeah i mean like we ha- yeah that's that just rocks and trees yeah it's pretty much <laughs> but yeah, we plant all of our trees i feel like because we're like a desert i know we, we are green in some areas but like compared to like uh yeah oregon or maybe new hampshire like we don't have as many trees as you guys so well i'm i'm jealous i'm je- you yeah you they cut down all our trees to make your books and then <laughs> anyway, sorry. Derailed. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Well, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm. I'm excited to be here. It's been a really long time, and uh, so yeah, it's gonna be great. And yeah. It's, it, really good. So. Yeah. It's been a. It's been a quite a few months. You were on our fifth show ever. It has come quite the ways, or at least I feel it has. Yeah. Um. And I, we've got quite a lot going on this year uh as far as stuff we're getting out um i just announced at the beginning of this episode our new segment uh deep cuts so there's that and but yeah i'm just i'm glad to have you back on the show yeah. uh, i've been wanting i want been wanting to have you back for a while but you know life life happens i know and the holidays were really really busy so it's nice oh yeah i feel that i feel that well, um, is there anything that you wanted to like add to your introduction or uh, talk about or to tell the people what you do or whatever? Go well, ahead. Um, yeah. So I have um, two businesses, um, Editing Me, which I help authors like market, format, edit, uh, or just, just plain old publish, like um, help them through that whole process. Um, so I like doing that with uh, that and that's just editingme.com and that has two E's. Um 
like M-E-E. Um, and then there's Collective Tales Publishing, which I'm a co-owner of. And uh, we publish anthologies, so collections of stories in sci-fi, fantasy, horror. We, I'm actually, the book I'll be reading from um, is Collective Darkness. It's uh, our newest book. It's a uh, horror stories that are all like 101 words exactly, because we are uh, anal like that, um, through a Microsoft Words 101 word counter, because like it is very different from Google Docs counting words. Uh, we found that out the hard way. But um, we're also doing, we all, we always have uh, books and like uh, open submissions. So if you guys go to ctpfiction.com, we like there's uh, submissions like we have our um, sequel to this, Darkness 102, that's looking for submissions. Um, Collective Madness, which is another like kind of like a dark fantasy. So yeah, we just wanted to add that just if any authors like are inspired or anyone here on the show wants to and um, submit or talk with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I. That's one of the things I love the most about the show is like I've been able to like not only connect with but connect so many different people with each other. Um, I mean, like in, in, in so many different ways, um, uh, cage Caleb over here, um, got his, um, tarot cards read by another artist, um, who's a poet and also, um, does, you know, does, you know, where I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to miss, misname her profession. So I'm just not going to name it at all. Um, but she, she works with energy and crystals and, um, tarot cards and and all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, he got in in he got his fortune right. And yeah, so so many people are like uh, hooking up through this. Me and him have done some uh, collab work together, as well as me with some other people. Um, and my dad just bought. I think it was two weeks ago or last week, whatever show. Um, we had an artist. His name is Robert Foster. And he has a book out on him and he, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You said you're the one, you're the one who sent him my way. He's your friend. Yeah. My dad bought his book. My oh, dad awesome. bought his book. That's awesome. Yeah. And it just, it just got there in the mail and he says that it's really good and he's, he's been yeah. reading it. Um, but he, he works a lot, so I don't know how much he's actually gotten to read. Um, but he says from what he, he's read, it's, it's great and he likes it. Um, yeah. I, so, yeah. I, Robert's awesome. So he was, uh, yeah, that's you know, my dad in the comments right there. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, um, Robert's actually, um, going to publish another, um, well, it's a novella soon. So like sometime in midsummer, he's going to publish something else. So, um, I, I think he's an awesome author. So you guys definitely should. Buy yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, en enough about everyone else. Yeah. Um, I, what do you, what do you, um, have for us now? You said it's part of that anthology, um, but uh, what's what's the uh, first story? So the first story is called Relationship Resurrection. Um, and should I just I'm just going to read two and they're they're super short. Like I said, they're just all 101 words. So I'll just uh, yeah. start if it works. OK, cool. Tony had promised Harriet they would be together forever. He even bought her that princess cut ring. However, when she found him in bed with Clara, Harriet had almost called it off. But then she solved the relationship problem by hiring a specialist. They get along so much better now. Tony doesn't even mention Clara's name, though he doesn't say much of anything anymore. In a way, Harriet prefers his silences. She has more time to marvel at his eyes, 
how he looks at her like he used to with that little sparkle. She really did hire the best taxidermist in town. That's the end. <laughs> so. oh, I'm sorry. It took me a second to click the button there. But um, that was awesome. I, I will say you did do that last time. I didn't remember. I didn't remember. But I was not at all upset at all because that is a fantastic story and so funny. I love it. Okay. I love it. Like the the lead the lead up to it, you're like, you know something is off. Yeah. You know something you know something's off, you know, but like the the punchline at the end is just just it sails home. It's amazing. Okay. And, and it's it's dark. It is emotional. Mm -hmm. Um in the sense that like, I mean, you know, she she killed her husband. You know, yeah. that that doesn't come without some emotional baggage. Um, but it's like it's 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 almost like it's crazy funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that is so nuts. It's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was fantastic and amazingly written. Um, and I, I, I need to read more of your, uh, your, I, I need to get, get your, your anthology. You have how many, cause I said, um, multiple, I didn't know exactly how many. Yeah. So, um, so on this shelf, I like I have like books that I've um, helped edit or um, worked on in some way. But I think, oh, I'd have to like count them. But I think me myself personally, where I have at least a store, at least one story in them, I think I have like seven or ten. Okay, yeah. I remember, I've lost. Wow. It. Yeah. Have, wow. I'll yeah. count later and let you know. <laughs> I remember because that's why last time you were on, you sent me all of them, and yeah. I was like. I'll just say multiple, and they're all on Amazon. They are <laughs> um, because Amazon. the because the title because it was just a list of like a lot a lot of titles. So, um, but yeah, no, that was that was amazingly written. I, I am not at all upset that you did it again um, for a second time because I I wanted to hear that again. Okay. I want I want I want that on a uh, like an Audible playlist or something. Well, that's and that's the thing too. So we do have some of our books on Audible. We have. Um, Collective Darkness and Collective Fantasy on Audible. And um, we have, uh, we published um, a sci-fi book called Collective Visions. And that one, we're still kind of deciding whether we're going to have that as an Audible. And then, but we do definitely want to have this as an audiobook. Uh, and did you, did you have to hire a narrator? Did you guys narrate it yourself? What You narrated yeah, it yourself? hire narrators. Um, so because it was an anthology, we kind of liked the idea of having multiple narrators. So Collective Darkness, we had four narrators. They were all local to Utah. Um, and we had an audio engineer who was also like, who did the whole process with us and, and she was local. And then Collective Fantasy, we just had um, a male and a female just kind of change between like which story had a main character who was female or, or whoever like the author decided. Um, so we kind of went just more simple and Collective Fantasy. And the next books will probably have like just two narrators, like a male or a female or, or something like that. Uh, I liked the four, but it I noticed that there was like kind of chaotic bringing everyone together sometimes. So uh, it did take a little bit longer to get everyone's audiobook like stories narrated. Well, I guess Click to Fantasy had three author or three narrators because one of the um, authors, sorry, like he's an actual actor in the UK. And he was wow. like, yeah, can I just like narrate my own thing? And we're like, 
yeah, okay. And, uh, and he did an amazing job. Um, so, uh, yeah, but it's, uh, just wow. So, but yeah, no, I, no, I'm super interested. I've been using audible since, uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I definitely, so with the, with the poetry, like, um, a, a collection of poetry, um, I would probably narrate it myself. Um, yeah. but with anything, with anything fictional, uh, mm -hmm. I definitely want, I would definitely want a narrator. Um, and so that's something I've been looking into for a long time. And, but like, it's always about like, I, th I feel like I would have to like hold auditions and just like, yeah, it's, you got to find that right voice, um, for that character. I feel like within an anthology, it's, I I've listened to, a, um, a lot of like different, like anthologies. One, one that I really like, um, God, now I can't remember the name of it, but it is, it, it is a collection of anthologies where each writer writes, um, a post-apocalyptic oh. or, or post, 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 post-apocalyptic wastelands. I Oh my God. I think it, I think it might be. Because but it's an anthology of like with Stephen King and, and, uh, George R. R. Martin's in it. Uh, and oh like no, not not that. Actually, no. I have, I have, I have read that one too. But actually, it's not, it's not that one because Stephen King is definitely not in it. But oh, it okay. is basically it's. So they write. Uh, it's post post apocalyptic, like as the world is rebuilding itself, kind of. Okay. Um, like and it's just that. really, it's yeah, it's really. I'll I'll find the title of it and I'll message it to you because it's it's really interesting. Um, just all these different people's takes on it. And that's something I love about anthologies. I'd love to be involved in an anthology at some point too, because, um, to yeah, to I, to things like, you know, um, okay. yeah. and, you know, just give it. So, um, yeah, we have tons of different things. And if you're just, if you like, and this is for everyone, like if you are like, Hey, I want to like learn how to get into the process. And like, I, you know, I'm, we're all about nurturing authors too, you know, and, um, and we want to like give people chances. Like, obviously if there's a story that just is not publishable, we can't, you know, accept it. But like, also we don't need something to be like top notch. Perfect. Like as, as long as you're like willing to work with us and like, um, right. I mean, and they're editing, editing, there's always, you know, editing whenever you submit anything anywhere, um, there's always like, even when you're making a self-published book, you still need an editor and yeah. the, and it's not just for grammar either. It's for people telling you like this sentence doesn't work. Yeah. Like this sentence just doesn't work. It doesn't flow right. It doesn't, it takes me, it draws me out of the story, you know, and you need those people to tell you that, or just like simply like, dude, you can't say that. Like, yeah. I, yeah <laughs> you honestly, can't say yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and don't realize you'll like be blind to something and or like you've just read over it so many times you just miss it you know and it's honestly the way so the way i feel about um censorship right is it it, it depends on what's appropriate for that particular audience yes right which like i would censor a um i would censor a, a, a fantasy book more than i would censor a rap album that I wrote and I can, and I can write both of those things, but one is a, one is meant to be a platform for speaking your truth and 
saying whatever the fuck you want, whenever the fuck you want. And one is meant to be more of an, a, a, an escapism for someone else and a world building. And, and it, there is still space in there to talk, to speak your own truths about the world and, and, and comment on our own society um, through the characters, which um, you'll see from another artist that we're going to bring up at some point um, tonight. She has some great stuff that like, does that same thing that comments on our society using um, characters in her books. And, and then that's, that's kind of a, a fictional writer's job. You know what I mean? To use fictional characters to comment on the society. Whereas like a rapper or poet is supposed to just outwardly just speak those things. Um, they're, they're different mediums. So what's appropriate to say on those different medium mediums, it, you know what I mean? Varies. Exactly. For sure. Um, I do want to. I'm gonna. I do want to bring these other people up to see what they thought about your piece and any questions or comments they have about your um, company or whatever, um, or or publishing or anything that they want to ask. Um, yeah. Caleb, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say that fucking Cora, bro. <laughs> that should make me laugh. Like that was nice. Good. It was fantastic. She, he don't talk about her no more. I want to know where she got the taxidermy hat. Who would be willing to do that job? That's what I'm saying. Actually, who did the first job in getting rid of the guy? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good story. I liked it a lot. Thank you. Did she have to pay him extra to keep silent? Like what? <laughs> or maybe that's just the profession. Like she said, what did they do on the side of the road. What did they do with the inside? Oh, <laughs> that's what I want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> Um, I just want to say I love dark humor. Actually, um, my book Tales of American Idiocy has a lot of dark humor in it. Um, it's kind of Orwellian also, I've been told. Um, and so stuff like that, I really enjoy um, just because sometimes something's so horrible, you have to laugh at it or else you'll cry. It's almost like a coping mechanism. Um, yeah. So... Uh, stuff like that, I I very much enjoy. But so wait, laughing laughing about dark stuff or stuffing your husband? Which one is a coping mechanism? <laughs> Just laughing about dark stuff in general. Um, because yeah. my my perspective is, you know, sometimes we can't control things around us. Um, and I mean, of course, that's a little bit of a different situation. I mean, who knows what happened between the two of them, really? But just in general, sometimes we're in situations that are so horrible, we can either cry about them or we can laugh about them. And that's just kind of dark humor in general is that you're, you're laughing at something that's really horrible so that you don't let it drag you down and, you know, you don't cry about it. Um, so well done. A uh, very nice little short piece. Thank Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have, I have a piece. I think I did it. I think I might've did it last week with, um my man caleb over here um by the way your mic's a little wonky bro you might want to unplug the headset and plug it back in see if that works but uh, i did a piece last week and he um he liked it he laughed it was suicide note of a chronic procrastinator um and it was just uh just a list of like just things to get through like just stupid like getting in like eating uh, oh man i I don't want to like not do the piece justice by like misquoting it, but 
it was the basic gist of it um, was the, the last line is don't kill yourself today because this is not a suicide note. This is a to-do list and there really is so much to do. And that kind of sums up what the piece was about. It was just like, we procrastinate about everything else in life. You know, what's, what's one more thing. There's always going to be another freaking bad sci-fi rerun to watch. There's always going to be, you know, an, another cigarette to smoke. If you smoke, there's always going to be like, you know what I mean? There's always that one more, like, it's the, it's the little things. It's the little things. Even if you can't focus on the big picture, you can focus on the little things and those things can get you through. But like, it was, it was funny the way that I, um, you know, went about it. And if that, your piece kind of reminded me of that a little bit, I don't know. Do you agree, Caleb? Did you, did you get that kind of same? Well, he, he said, you don't want to be caught hanging from the ceiling with your pecker in your hand. Like, (laughs) yeah, it was great. Yeah. So it was great. To put that in context, I, the, the the line was you could you could get a rope and and you know do it the old fashioned way. Or so there was a line <laughs> because each line referenced a line before it, and there was a line that um said so the thing starts off um when you smoke the last cigarette you'll want to kill yourself when you've eaten the last Dorito in the bag you'll want to kill yourself when masturbation has lost its fun you'll want to kill yourself and so. The line, the line referring to hanging yourself was, um, you know, you could get a rope and do it the old fashioned way, but you'd rather your family not find you, um, hanging from the ceiling with your junk in your hand, which was very dark and morbid, but like, I don't know. I was, it was, I love it. I was about to say, if it was, if it was there, it it was, it was so good. (laughs) And his delivery was just perfect with it. It was just, it was fantastic. I love how that's the line you remember. There was, there was funny lines in there too, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was great. uh, I, I, I love when an um, artist can incorporate humor into a piece. It is fantastic especially when it's it's dark it's emotional but then there's that humor it just brings it all home it wraps it, it all up fan- it, i was said the, the whole point of it was fantastic like besides all the weird and dark stuff that was in it it was a fantastic piece it made a lot of sense yeah absolutely um well thank you elizabeth we'll see you again in a few minutes for your second piece we're going to bring um miss patricia let's see make sure i get everybody off this time okay we're going to bring Miss Patricia um, up onto the screen here in a minute after we play her flyer. Uh, Patricia Ray, she's an author. Uh, she's got a book out on Amazon right now called Tales of American Idiocy. Uh, what I've heard of it is fantastic. Um, so I'm going to go buy it and make sure y'all go buy it too. Um, she's also got a blog on goodreads.com under PR Infidel. And you can follow her on Facebook at Patricia Ray or on gab.com at proudinfidel911. Um, so let me play her flyer and get her up here. Hey. Hello. Good to be here again. Great to have you. Thank it's been, you so it's, much. It's been a while, and I've been wanting to have you back for a while. You you are fantastic, and your work is fantastic. Thank you for coming back. 
Well, I appreciate that very much. And you do need to post that poem about the, the suicide. Um, yes, I <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, Definitely. um, I will, I will, uh, are you, are you part of the lost boys group on Facebook? No, but I should be. Okay. Well, I will send you that later tonight. Um, uh, also everybody, y- y'all can, this is a little plug. Everybody can go to Facebook and look up the lost boys. It's a free to join. You don't have to answer any questions. You just click join group and uh, it's lost boys on Facebook. And then um, it's, I think we're up to about 95 members right now. Um, And yeah, we just have a lot of fun in there. I mean, there are people posting their stuff daily. Um, One, one artist in particular comes to mind. Um, We've had her on a couple of times. Her name's Neela and she posts at least like three or four videos a day on there. And they're all fantastic. Um, so yeah, definitely go on there. Feel free to, um, put your stories and whatever on there. And, um, I will put my, I will put that piece up there and I will also send it to you in a private message so you can read it for sure. I, I, I am so looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Um, so is there anything that you wanted to add to your intro or talk about or whatever? We haven't, we haven't had you for a while. So yeah, introduce yourself. Yeah, so um, my name is Patricia Ray, or PR Infidel, um, as I go by. And I do have a book out called Tales of American Idiocy. The snippet and or section, if you will, that I'm about to read is a continuation from one of the stories in that book. Um, basically, there's a book in there, or I mean a story in there, because it's a collection of short stories called Conspiracy Cat. And in summary, uh, this cat named Chester he predicts all the stuff that's going to happen with COVID and the other animals on his block think he's crazy, you know, until everything he predicts comes true. And what happens is that they actually uh, join him at the end of that story. And I meant for it to be just kind of a one shot um, along with all the other stories in that book, because, um, The other stories, you know, they're basically commentary on modern day events. Um, There's one in there called Black Lizards Matter. There is one about Dr. Fauci, um, except he's a deer. Um, You know, so there's just a bunch of different, you know, it's very Orwellian. It's very fun. Um, But Chester really captured a lot of people's imaginations. And I was told, oh, God, you got to do more with Chester. You got to do more with Chester. So I'm like, okay, fine. Um, and then I kept hearing, oh, you know, we need more kids books, you know, that don't have a lot of this, this uh, stuff in them. We just need, you know, basic, clean kids books. I said, well, you know what? Chester's kind of fun. He's, you know, he's kind of, I think he's friendly to everybody, but he could definitely be kid friendly. Um, why don't I go ahead and continue him? So the book that I have coming out is called Conspiracy Crew, The End is Meow. Um, because it's not just him anymore doing the conspiracy theories. It's a crew that he recruited after all the other pets in the neighborhood found out that, hey, this guy's not nuts. He's actually onto something. Um, so this details their adventures. And um, yeah, so I will go ahead and uh, read from it. Um, little background on it real quick. Obviously, I told you the thing about Chester. He predicts all the COVID stuff. He predicts the humans wearing muzzles. At the end, he tells the animals to burn the glowing boxes because the glowing boxes, like TVs, computers, etc., 
are going to give them instructions to participate in an experiment, which is, of course, the vaccine that they kind of force on everyone, right? Um, so they burn those, mm -hmm. and then there's an alien in the end. And um, from there, um, they decide to, well, you know, we save our humans, but we're not saving the other humans. So they break into Sizer Labs, and they wreck a coolant system, okay? And they completely destroy all the doses in this lab. Um, but they're kind of depressed also because they're like, well, we destroyed one lab, but we can't destroy all the others. So what do we do now? So Chester says, you know what? I got an idea. Let's consult the lizard people. And that's where we pick up. And that's where we go. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right, Brandon, did you bring our tinfoil hats? Yeah, you got the tinfoil hat? All right, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Gotta I'm ready. I'm awesome. gonna drop myself out of here, and uh, let's hear uh, some more from Chester. Oh, and by the way, All if you right. want to hear, if you first, uh, real quick, if you guys want to hear um, more or the previous story of Chester, go watch episode 14 of Lost Boy Cipher Circle on YouTube or any other platform. Um, she's on there, and that's the first time she was here um, with Chester. So, I'll drop myself out of here. Okay, who is this Mr. He, and why haven't we heard of him before? He's a lizard person, Chester explained to Tommy as Moira's van lumbered a few blocks away from Sunnyside Street. A lizard person, Tommy laughed. So is he more lizard, more person, or equal parts both? Tommy chuckled as the animals exited the van and waved goodbye to Moira. She was on her way to help Lord Slorp the alien foil some chemtrails. I'm sure we'll find out, Rocky stated as they rang the doorbell on a modest starter home. Mr. He's Human, a skinny white gentleman, opened the door and flashed Chester a run of American Sign Language. Chester stood on his hind legs, gave the ASL sign for thank you, and led the rest of the animals in. Mr. He's Human, Arthur is mute, Chester explained. So Mr. He speaks for him. Speaks for him, as in speaks human, Rocky Balk. Chester ignored the doubt in his voice. Mr. He can speak because he was created in a lab by the Chinese Communist Party. He's what's known as a chimera, a mixture of species, in this case, 90% iguana and 10% human. Wouldn't be the first thing they created, Tommy blurted glumly. He defected from the communists to join our side a couple of years ago. Mr. He has the intelligence and voice of a human, but the appearance of an iguana. The human part of him is very talkative. Talkative on more levels than one. The conspiracy crew heard him speaking as they entered Mr. He's room, which looked like a gamer paradise. No overhead lights were present, but several novelty lamps rested throughout the room, providing shades of neon color and off-white by which the lizard person worked. An old fan droned beside a half-assembled drone on a cheap card table. A large plastic shelf containing cubicles rested in the corner. Wires overflowed from these, along with several video games. In the center of the room was a sturdy desk of center blocks and two-by-four wood planks. A green and black gaming chair rested before this furniture, facing not one, not two, but three computer monitors. As they approached, the chair moved slightly, and the conspiracy crew saw a claw click a few buttons on a keyboard below the screens. Ma'am, I'm going to send you a link so I can remote in. When you see it, please click on it. I'll have your computer up and running soon. He works part-time as a technical support agent, Chester, Chester whispered excitedly. There were a few more clicks, then a jubilant warbling echoed from the other end of the headpiece. I'm so glad that worked. If you need anything else, please call CyberSmarties. We're always happy to help. 
As the call finished, Arthur approached the chair and flashed ASL communications at his occupant. The chair turned, revealing a large iguana. He smiled brightly. Chester, it's been a while. Thought I'd hear from you after that Sizer incident. You know about that? Are you kidding me? The iguana laughed. Even the normie networks picked it up. Mr. He clicked a button, and all three screens pulled up different news channels with pictures of the beleaguered Sizer lab. A steady stream of smoke wove through the perimeter of the building, frosting the red and blue lights of the cop car surrounding it. Well done. It wasn't enough, meowed Misty. We only took down one lab, and there are 101. Chester squinted at her. For the humans who would have gotten those doses, you did more than you will ever know. Chester is right, Mr. He added, because for them, you slowed the Great Reset, a plan to reduce the number of humans and enslave the rest in the name of reducing the planet's carbon emissions. The elites will make the humans eat bugs and live in 15-minute cities or pods, Chester blurted, and then, then, there will be no more belly rubs. A collected gasp emitted from the fur-bearing pets, and Misty half-fainted into Rocky's side. I hate to say Chester's right, Mr. He sighed. The elites don't want the humans to have pets, we add to the carbon footprint. Tommy had no love for belly rubs, so he maintained his composure enough to clarify things. Does this have anything to do with that global warming garbage the humans keep talking about? Is this about the polar ice caps melting and flooding the earth? Tommy rolled his eyes. Humans are so moronic. I mean, God said he'd never flood the earth again and literally gave them the rainbow as a reminder. Humans have forgotten what the rainbow means, Rocky pointed out. Also true, concurred Mr. He. They think it means pride. The lizard person was pale. He swallowed uncomfortably. Don't make me elaborate. But pride comes before the ball, Bonnie exclaimed. Another thing they have forgotten, Chester roared with his trademark terror. Tremor. Silence. Then Misty smoke. Let me get this straight. A bunch of rich jerks believe that cars, pets, and people will warm and flood the earth. So they're trying to kill off a large portion of the population with a fake vaccine. Change what the remaining humans eat, where they live, and what they drive, effectively enslaving them? Couldn't have said it better myself, said Mr. He. That's so messed up, yelled Misty. But it does explain a lot, Rocky said. The vaccine, the insanity, and most of all, the fear. What's that you said a few months back, Chester? Fear is the currency of control? Yes, and control is the goal of new, the new world order, or the rich jerks Misty was referring to. Okay. Rich jerks enslaving humanity is badness on a giant scale, Bonnie summarized. So how do we stop it? I mean, so far we've burned glowing boxes and broken into sizer labs. What's our next move? Chester and Mr. He smiled at each other as though sharing a joke. Do you think it's time? Definitely time. For cat videos! Chester, what the heck? Rocky growled. Tommy shook his head. Yeah, I don't follow. But you will, friends, Mr. He interjected. By the way, may I have your names? I was so excited to see more animals in the business, I forgot to ask. Chester introduced each of the conspiracy crew until a pensive gaze had overcome Mr. He and his chin was propped with a thoughtful claw. Did they by chance encounter the alien lord's lorp? Yes, Chester informed, and he gave them the intelligence treatment. They just don't know that. What now? Misty squeaked. Excellent, Mr. He ignored her question. Then we're ready. Okay, everyone. I know cat videos doesn't seem like much of a plan. So let's start at the beginning. Do you know anything about how battles are fought and won? Because right now we're involved in fifth generational warfare, a battle for the human mind. It's the weirdest war the earth has ever seen. But despite that, some of the same rules still apply. Think Hitler, think Napoleon. What ultimately led to their defeats? Supply issues, Bonnie shouted, surprising herself. 
Napoleon stretches supply lines too thin and his troops couldn't get the food, weapons, or medicine they needed. The same thing happened to Hitler when he invaded Russia. Germany got isolated and the Allies were able to beat back the Third Reich. Nice, Rocky whispered, flashing her a grin. Bonnie blushed but couldn't keep the glow out of her eyes completely. Let's give the collie a round of applause, Mr. He put his claws together. Our canine friend is basically saying that an army marches on its stomach. Now, the members of the New World Order might be rich, but they have something in common with ordinary men. Do you know what? Uh, they have to eat, Tommy guessed. I mean, everyone's got to eat. He patted his shell and looked at Mr. Heath, hopefully. You don't have any snacks, do you? Lord Slorp was good to you guys, Mr. He smiled, and he gestured to Arthur, who made his way from the kitchen with a tray of vegetables, dog biscuits, and cat treats. As Arthur set the tray down, Mr. He spoke. Dig in, and while you do, think about where all this food came from. When one of you has an empty mouth and a thought, please share it. Bonnie wasn't hungry, but she was intrigued by Mr. He's question, and that interest only deepened as she watched the snacks disappear. She thought about the carrots and lettuce, fresh from a farm, and the treats were made in a factory from beef, chicken, or maybe fish. Salmon treats were her favorite. She heard Misty offer with a half-empty mouth, grocery stores! My human has smuggled me in her purse and taken me to the store before. That's where all the food is. You're right, but stores don't produce food, Chester stated. They only sell it. Farms, Rocky said. Food com comes from farms. And ranches, Bonnie added. And someone must move it from the ranch or farm to the factory, then to the store. There's a lot of steps. Mr. He smiled warmly at Bonnie. The logistics is strong with you. He hit a few buttons on his keyboard and his monitors displayed pictures of trucks, grocery stores, farms, and factories. The supply chain is complex and delicate. Food must be produced, often processed, and then delivered to the store. But the farmer, the factory worker, and the truck driver all have one thing in common. They are common men. These are working class folks, the very sort the elites want to abuse. So Chester and I have a plan to reach them. When COVID began, Chester said excitedly, we burned the glowing boxes, but that only worked for your humans. Too many remain plugged in and to the wrong things. Our plan will work even for them. In fact, it relies upon it because our plan is, in to, is to embed the funniest cat videos with messages revealing the World Fiscal Forums, AKA Rich Jerks Clubs plans and inspire the common man to mass disobedience the way the elites conned them into mass pharmaceutical experimentation. Chester was in his trademark conspiracy cat stance, paws in the air, tinfoil hat slipping over his watering eye. The conspiracy crew stared but didn't mock Chester as before. They were waiting to hear more. We will crash the supply chain, Mr. He summarized, and keep it crashed until the New World Order understands that the creation, preparation, and transport of food is done by the common man. Therefore, if they want to eat, they must respect the common man. When this is over, the truth will be out, Chester said, and then, then! The elites will own no one and be happy. And that is the conclusion of my snippet from the conspiracy crew. Uh, the end is meow. Oh, man. The end is meow. That was fantastic. There are so many things. Um, first, uh, I mean, I, I there were so many things I had to start taking notes because, like, I was, that is like one of the best stories I've heard in a long, long time. It was funny. It was insightful. It was complex. It, and I love that. I love that they're like, you know what that, when they enslave all the humans and they, and they kill and they kill off half the population and they don't want 
us to be with the humans anymore because we um, cloud up the air with our carbon emissions. You know what that'll mean? No more belly rubs. (laughs) Laughing my ass (laughs) off about that. Oh, man. And I love, so I, I didn't write them in a particular order, but I, I just jotted down the things that I, I wanted to mention because like they're just fantastic. Um, the quote where you said, I, I, I'm not sure because you said that Chester had said it last time, but I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and read the piece. Um, fear is the currency um, of control. I love that. I love that quote. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really, it really is because that's, that's how you can, that's how you control someone. You, if you can, if they fear you or they're in fear, you can control their outcome of what they do and their reaction and everything. That's why they want us to not only fear each other, but fight with each other because then we're not fighting with them. Then, you know what I mean? We're not organized against the system where we're disorganized and it's chaos and we're going against each other. Uh, I love yeah. Chester. I love Chester's plan. I love not only, not only the way he explained it um, to the other animals, but I love Chester's plan because with the cat videos, because um, there's some, there's something else that played a big part in winning all of these wars. And that's propaganda, uh, whether it's the propaganda videos or, or the um, speeches that presidents would make, or um, the or comic books. Comic books were a big commentary on political thing. Um, what was going on in the political uh, field in the day? I mean, Captain America was out there fighting Nazis. Um, but I so I love his his plan to embed um, cat videos, which are basically what that's basically what started YouTube. Um, Cat videos yeah. are literally, literally like a, a fundamental part of our society now, and I love that his plan is to in in. It's like we can't we can't burn all the boxes, so we have to just put our own message out there through the boxes. And like that's like I I felt a sense of camaraderie with Chester when he said that because I feel like that's like kind of what I'm trying to do with my show. Um, you know what I mean? Is embed the truth into my cat videos? You know. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, I really felt that I really like, um, and, oh, one more thing, the line where you said, God said he wouldn't flood the, ra- uh, wouldn't flood the earth again. And then gave us rainbows as a reminder, had me almost in tears. Like I was literally, Br- Brandon was cracking up. La- I was like, that was so elegantly phrased. That was, that was great. That was fantastic god said he never flooded yeah. the earth again and then gave us rainbows as a reminder oh yeah yeah and that that is the antithesis of the message because you they want us afraid and they want us afraid of weather weather is one of the most primal fears and um, so you know it and i i mean no disrespect or no nothing no ill will towards the gay community at all okay but the fact is that before they had that symbol, it was God's and, and it is still God's. And I actually am a little worried that that community might be being used to decouple the rainbow from its original meaning for the I purpose think, of making us afraid. 
I think, well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And it's not just about, it, it is about uh, my, my thing is whether it's the gay rights movement or the transgender movement or whatever movement it is, um, there it's it starts off with good intentions and it starts off this beautiful pure thing where people just want to be accepted for who they are and that's great and wonderful and i support that but what i don't support is marching down main street throwing bricks through windows and molotov cocktails and screaming at people who are just walking by just when they didn't even do anything you don't know if they're transphobic you don't know if they're but they're just and that's where that's where it gets to be too much for me is there yeah. there all these groups about love and acceptance have turned into hate groups and it's because the government is turning yeah. us on each other they want us to fight they want white fighting against black they want left fighting against right they want gay fighting against straight and that's and that's yeah. what they want you know and so yeah. it, it can't yeah. be about it can't be about what the message is supposed to be about what literally every single movement that I just named woman's rights movement, transgender uh, movement, the gay rights movement, black right, black lives matter. They are all at their core about love and acceptance and accepting people for themselves and who they are, regardless of what, what they believe in or who, or what they look like, but it has become twisted and it's, and and all of those groups have become hate groups. Yeah. Unfortunately. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, the one, just one piece that I want to add to, um, Chester's little thing, um, you know, just kind of as a little extra teaser is to say that the cat videos do work and the cat videos basically inspire the trucker protests in Canada. Um, and so, you know, cause they oh, had the big vaccine mandate thing. Um, that was, so, that was something that, that was something that like, caught my attention to that you or, I'm sorry continue what you were saying I'll okay. I have ADHD in um, my mind so, it's okay um so basically the the videos do work they get out and they inspire the trucker the trucker protest and so the animals are monitoring this and they decide you know what we're going to go up there and I had actually sent a picture from my artist um who drew Chester stepping over this um, highway grade with the trucks. And so um, the the story kind of starts off in the States and it ends in Canada, you know, with them supporting the trucker blockade. Um, so it's, it's supposed to be a fun story. I'm trying to write it for ages 10 to 110. I hope, I hope I've done that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And hope that, uh, it really, you it. I don't know as to whether 10 year olds will quite understand it, but I think that it's fun enough. I think it's fun enough where they won't care. Um, if that makes any sense, not, not that I don't want people to care about the subject matter of the book, but, um, I feel like we, like I can read Harry Potter and get more out of it than I did when I first read it when I was that age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because yeah. Harry Potter, it, Harry Potter is one of those series that is written from age for ages ten to a hundred. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. It, I think that you have done that. You definitely like. It's complex and intriguing enough to keep an adult um, engaged. Uh, and if and if you're not engaged by that story, um, 
you need to wake the fuck up. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with your brain, but if you if that story doesn't engage, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to insult anybody if that, but if that story doesn't um like at least make you think um about the world um and what we live in um you need to do some more you need to do some introspection <laughs> Inter- that that's that's a that's a you problem because that is a that is 100% a story for everybody and that everybody should hear um so i, I was wondering um or like you you touched on like canada and when you were talking about how we're um like one of the things that we fear the most is weather um it, it reminded me of the fires in California, Canada, Maui. I just straight. I mean, and I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I, I put my put my tinfoil hat back on here real quick. Um, sure. I mean, welcome. So now the, they could they could be natural fires. They could be man made fires. They could be a mixture of both. But if we assume that they're man-made fires um and and i'm not and i'm not saying they have some kind of laser but that technology does exist and wouldn't be very hard to implement um what you were saying like not just about uh it doesn't just ring true for covid it, it rings true for that too it is a way of um controlling the population and it's a yes. way of fear it's a way of fear mongering um, and, and making people afraid, um, yeah. and whether, that, and yeah. And, and like I said, whether that's natural or, um, made by our government, um, that that's, it, it, it reminded that story reminded me of that. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to, uh, talk about that, I guess. What have you, are you familiar with, um, these, these mass fires that like the Maui, the yeah. hun- biggest in Absolutely. over a hundred years. Um, so is there not necessarily the fires, but do you, do you, because I feel like the fires are one of the, one of the many just strange coincidences of just wacky, nutty things happening. COVID is one of them, a, a giant murder hornets. Um, my question is, I guess, <laughs> do you think all these things are connected? Um, I definitely think the weather thing is connected. Um, And I think that the Maui thing was a land grab. In fact, it's really funny that you should mention the whole fire thing because there's actually a part in this very book where, you know, because this is about the supply chain and food and stuff as you, as you kind of have figured out, right? Well, there's a part in the book where the, the animals separate, the reptiles stay back to do the white hatting duties, you know, because they're reptiles and they're cold-blooded. Um, they stay behind with the humans. And then, of course, the, the mammals go up north to support the truckers thing. Okay, so anyway, so the the reptiles are back with the humans and Chester's human uh, finds this barn that was recently purchased by um, a computer millionaire. We call him Will Yates in my novel, but you know who I'm talking about. And um, basically, they go inside this barn and they find this really weird thing that looks like it could be mounted on a plane. And Lord Slort meets him. He's the alien that kind of helps out. He's like, oh, I know what this is. 
I've been fired at several times with these. This is a direct energy weapon. And he turns it on and he basically vaporizes a bunch of snow. And they're like, why is this inside a barn in, you know, the middle of nowhere that was just purchased by this computer billionaire? And so, of course, the plot thickens. And then actually at the end of the story for an epilogue, I have um, Chester has a Russian girlfriend. OK, um, and she comes along and basically warns that, you know, your government going to start big fires, darling. And they're like, how do you know? And Russian well, yeah, darling have been spying on you for years. Yeah. Oh my God. So, we were talking about narration. If you get that book on Audible, you need to do that narration because that was fantastic. I love doing Russian accents. I don't know. It's just fun. Uh, that in German. Um, but anyway, yeah, I get into some stuff. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I hope I don't get yeah, too is... much attention from these people. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I mean, eventually, eventually, my my show, eventually, my show is gonna get big enough where people are gonna start taking a closer look at it, and you know, I might have to hide from snipers, but I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be all right. Um, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring these other artists up to see what they thought about your story and um the messages behind it and whatnot. How you guys? How you guys doing? My man KC looks like he's eating up. Bro, I'm eating worms. <laughs> Go ahead. I loved your narration. That was a good story. It reminded me a lot of Animal Farm. Thank you. Uh, I liked how down to earth it was and how factual it actually is. Like. Thank you. I appreciate it. I uh. I, I don't know. I'm iffy. I don't. I don't. It's hard for me to. I'm schizophrenic, so it's hard for me to be able to pay attention for as long as she was talking. I'm not really big into audibles or like voice stories of things, but I would rather read. I will definitely be looking into it because that was a very interesting topic, and I would like to know more about it. Chester has a pretty cool story. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I love the. You, you. Always fun to have a... <laughs> but, yeah, and the belly rubs and stuff. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that was that was one of my like my two favorite lines were um, God God gave them uh, God said He never flooded the earth and then He gave them rainbows as a reminder. And uh, when the humans all get enslaved, there'll be no more belly rubs. <laughs> I just love that. That's great. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So th thank you for sharing that with us, and thank you guys for giving your feedback. Um, we'll catch you again in a little bit for your um, second story, and that brings us back to my man Cage C over here. You done eating your sausage or whatever? Yeah, the wings are consumed. Wings? Oh man, I know, I know the wing obsession. You have one. Is my mic coming? We're, up, we're upsetting all the vegetarians. So. Yeah, I can hear you, but hold on. I'll try unplugging your, try unplugging your thing real quick and plugging it back in. It was like a little wonky. Is it plugged? Is it plugged in? I can't hear you. 
We got technical difficulties, people. Hold on. Try it again. Make sure it's pushed all the way in or it'll mute. Testing, testing. Hold on. Hold on. Please bear with us for a moment while we um, give a, give us one moment and enjoy this um, lo-fi music. Okay, well, if he doesn't come back in the next minute or two, we're going to bring another artist up here. But this, this music is a vibe. I'm not going to lie. All right, well, when he figures that out, we'll go back to Miss Elizabeth and hear what she's got for us. That music was really a vibe, though. I was liking that. <laughs> I do love lo-fi. Uh, that is something that I do love to write to. So you were just on my, yeah. my level. Yeah, it's it's like it's definitely like a it's a good frequency to be on. That yeah. that just whatever it is, and and uh, there are more and more artists nowadays that are coming out with um, like remixes of their whole albums that are like just lo-fi versions of the beats with no like no words or whatever and it's just like so different but it's like i sometimes i listen to it at work especially when i'm like stressed out or like agitated it'll just kind of set my mind right put me in a put me in a good mood um yeah yeah well and, and like i feel like so I love listening to music and I definitely listen to music with lyrics, but the majority of the time that I listen to music, I'm writing or I'm reading. And so like, I can't have lyrics in it. So it's nice to be like, Hey, I can listen to this song and like listen to a version of it. So like still enjoy it without having to, um, you know, like in like more of a, like a, just a casual setting and stuff. So I, I do like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it, like I said, it's it's a vibe, and like I feel like like part of part of connecting with myself and connecting with other artists is like vibrating on the same frequency. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, a big example that I like to use is Beethoven. Um, he was deaf, and he literally felt the vibrations, the frequencies, and he was on the same like. I don't know how many people there are in an orchestra typically, but he was literally um, vibrating on the same frequency as um, an entire orchestra at the same time. Uh, and it was fantastic. Uh, and it's just like something I try to like emulate when I talk to people, I do the podcast, when I write things, they, they kind of, I try to, it's like chords, you know, of a guitar. I try to vibrate on, on, and there, and it's like, you know, it doesn't always have to be like just chill and like there's there's a time to be excited, there's a time to be angry, there's a time whatever. But like, um, one of the things the show allows me to do is like connect with people and just kind of vibe on their frequency mm -hmm. um, for a while, and it's really healthy because I I feel like 
we all vibrate on a slightly different frequency, but when we come together, it makes music. You know, that's, that's, that's just how I look at life is, you know, when we, or, or at least art, at least, um, artists and artists coming together when we all vibrate on the same frequency. I mean, you guys are fictional artists. He's a rapper and an MC. I'm both, although not many people have heard much of my fiction stories. I got to probably start putting that out there. You if should. I want to keep, if I if I want to keep saying I'm a I'm a fictional I'm a fictional writer too. I gotta show people some of my fictional writing, but that's besides the point. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, yeah, no. Okay. I, I what is? I was just gonna say, what's the next piece of uh, fictional writing you have for us tonight? So I'm gonna do um, another one of these stories from Darkness 101. It's uh, in another, in, like I said earlier, all these stories are 101 words, but I'm gonna read an overwhelming surprise. Okay, all right, cool. I'll drop myself out of here and let's get. Cool. Thanks for calling. I know you're busy, Davis said. The old man was elated to hear from his estranged son. Actually, I called about a letter Stephanie mailed. Did you read it? Scott said. Steph's forgiven me? After decades of neglect, Davis's sons and children had lost contact. A letter from his beloved daughter Stephanie was an overwhelming surprise. He clutched his chest. It's a brochure for a retirement home. Stephanie thinks you do better there, and I agree. Dad, Scott said, but his word had fallen on deaf ears. Davis had fallen on the ground. The heart attack had proven instantly fatal. Wow, that was um, much more uh, emotional and yeah. upsetting. I know. Less, less, less fun, but... Uh, amazingly written amazingly written um and for such a short piece like i kind of like get a feel for the characters even without like and i and i it's i think it's something about like feeling feeling lost together as humans that brings us together um and and with that sense of loss like i felt um connected to those characters immediately because of that sense of loss um yeah. and my mom my mom passed away um, in 2020. Um, so I definitely, uh, I definitely relate to that a lot for sure. That was beautifully written. Um, tragic, but beautifully written. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's a, I, I have read that one less, uh, like less than I've read, uh, read out loud the, the other one. So I, yeah, you did a good job. Yeah. You did a good <laughs> job. You did a good job. And I mean, we, we were talking about audible, like, yeah. uh, the, most of the artists I bring on here and a, a, a lot of them tell me um, that they're not very confident in reading out loud or whatever. Um, it, one particular artist that comes to mind, and I hope she doesn't mind me calling her out. Um, Shannon province. She's a fantastic um, artist. I should hook you guys up cause you guys would definitely get along. Um, and she, she writes um, fictional work too. And um, she has always told me that like, she's not very confident in reading when she comes on or she hasn't read it many times, whatever she has to practice, but then she comes on and it's fantastic. And I'm like, girl, I need that on a, I need that on audible. I need to listen to that. Like, you know, um, yeah, no, there, everybody is just fantastic, fantastic, especially the fictional authors that I have on here. You guys are just really great at reading and 
you should definitely consider at some point reading one of your own stories uh, if you do, if you put it on Audible. Um, you know, so- talk, I'll talk to your crew, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I. Can can you still hear me? You're good. I can. I I didn't know if there was like a glitch or anything, but yes, yeah. Yeah. No, I would definitely. I would definitely consider putting. Uh, putting your your voice your voice out there as well even if it's like um i mean something i do um that there's there's more coming uh, by the way uh, on my youtube channel is i put out um whether they're acapella whether kind of acapella raps or spoken word poetry or you know at some point if i have a short story i might read that on there um that's something you could also start doing um on on instagram or or wherever you put your stuff um is like just like a short a, sh- a short snip of you reading that would be awesome awesome to hear um for sure or like um they have uh when you go to audible and you go to like get a book um they have like a, a sampler piece um and oftentimes it's like the within the first five minutes of the of the uh book um and what i really enjoy is you know what a forward is? I think that's, I think that's what it's called. Is like an yeah. author forward with an when an author kind of like just ex- comes forward and expresses their you know talks about the book, talks about how it was written, talks about you know whatever, and just um, that would be that would be really interesting too. That um, that's something that I haven't. I want to start seeing more of on Audible in particular, and like uh, and, and just books nowadays is just authors talking about their work. And talk about themselves, and that's why I do this show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your your voice, your narration, your storytelling, all impeccable, all amazing. Oh, thank thank you. you for sharing that. Um, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring these other guys up here, see what they thought. Um, Caleb, my man, was probably. Um, did you catch her his her piece or? I wasn't able to. I'm so sorry. Okay. I understand, man. You were figuring out your mic, but it does sound good now. Does it? Awesome. I'm going to just stand here completely still and hope to God that it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Patricia, did you were you able to catch the piece? I, I did catch the piece. Um, it was dark. Um, I will say that I like the other one a lot better because uh, there was a little bit of humorous aspect to the other one. Um, this one... You know, I think there's definitely a place for it. Uh, not my favorite, but I will say it was very well written. Um, and I think I just want to say in general that I think being able to capture a story in 101 words is is a very special type mm. of skill that I do not have. <laughs> I don't have that skill. Um, I, you know, my short stories are like anywhere between 2,000 to like 3,500, you know, words. Um it, you know, I, I don't, I don't do 101. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's like a little poet, uh, poetry, but um, it is, right? Yeah. 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 And you're able to do it. And I think it's great. Thank you. I want to expand on what you said a little bit too, because not only is the length of it, um, poetry, but there is something poetic about being able to condense uh, for a writer you have so much thoughts and feelings and emotions that you want to convey and get across in any given piece. And it is amazing to be able to condense that 
um, into that. It, it, if you've ever seen Aladdin, it's phenomenal cosmic power, itty bitty living space. Um, it is that is an amazing talent. I've um, only done it once, and then I helped. My, so I had a, I had um, a chance to get published in an anthology when I was in high school, um, where it was. Um, they were scary stories and it had to be a hundred words exactly. Um, and my, or a hundred, sorry, a hundred words or less. Um, and, and mine was 98. Um, and it was, I think it was like a walk through the dark or a walk in dark. I'm always talking about something to do with darkness and something like that. But anyway, but it was, um, it was very, very challenging to write. And then I had, uh, my sister, was also um, in actually middle school published in an anthology, um, and I helped her. I helped her with it a little bit, but she she came up with it. She she wrote it. I was just sitting there with you know helping her like as as I, I'm kind of her writing coach. But she has gotten fantastic. She's been on the show a couple times actually. But yeah, that one was about um, the lady in white and this ship that call that uh, I forget. Uh, I forget what it's called. Maybe it's the queen something, but anyway, um, I, I don't know, but there was, a, she wrote this amazing ghost story about, uh, the lady in white, which is a classic ghost story. And she combined it with, um, this ship that famously went down in history that, um, people can visit the wreckage of, and, and it's supposedly haunted. I can't, I can't remember the name, but she combined these two, um, stories into literally a hundred word piece. And it was just, that is fantastic. And I, I agree. There's something that is a talent that I can say that I, I, I don't really have. I I've done it because I was forced to just like, I, I forced my mind. I think anybody can push themselves uh, if they want to do that. I think that um, it's a, it's a hard challenge, but I think that um, people should challenge themselves and that maybe, uh, and it also makes you, I was talking a little bit about how his piece earlier was very clear, concise, and to the point, and like very on topic. And I feel like writing, sometimes writing shorter pieces or learning to write shorter pieces makes you more concise and makes you focus more on exactly what you want to say, what's important to say, what's not. You know, writers have a term they like to say, cut out the fat. Um, And, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's literally, you know, focusing on the the core you know of of the the meat and potatoes um and i yeah i love that you're able to do that and and in so many anthologies that is amazing i will have to go check those out and not all of them are really sure i have like some long ones too but um i think that writing it like it is you know if it's like super long or super short it's just a talent like you know you just have to be used to doing one or the other or both right but I think I was trying to look up the quote. I, I, I Googled it, and, um, but it's like Blase Pascal. I think I said his name wrong, but he was like, saying, like I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. So I like that. Yeah, that's a good quote. That's a good quote. I like that. Well, thank you. I really appreciate, I really appreciate that. Um, if you want to stick around to the end, I, I usually bring everybody up and, you know, say thank you. Um, but at any point, if you have to get going, I understand we have been here for an hour and a half. Um, that is, however, going to bring us back around 
to uh, Mr. KC for his second piece, and then I will do. Uh, I have two pieces for y'all tonight, but they are one whole story. Two separate pieces, but one whole story. So we'll get to that after. But uh, what, what do you got for us, man? Um, something different. You're about to hear the word "fuck" a lot. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, walk All right, past, well, let's fucking go, motherfucker. Let's, let's fucking, fucking go, it. bro. Fucking ready? <laughs> yeah, fucking no, ready? not really, but let's do it. Let's do fuck it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck it. I'm leaking blood through the veins. Fuck the rain. Let the water pour. Fuck it. If I get wet, the umbrella's torn and I got miles to walk. You couldn't see eye to eye through a storm that's brewed from hate. There's no calm. Endless fissured earthquakes break what's left, but... Watch me keep walking. Watch me forget. Watch me move through the downpour, limped and broken. Don't help, because that help would be worthless. If I whelp, then walk past. If I fall, then walk past. If you see me bleeding from the scars, and I created the cut to stuff salted water and distract the emotional wreck. Let the birds peck at my skin as you walk past. I don't need your help. Don't ask. When I stash memories, they get left in the dust, forgotten and busted to be created. It's their worth that's worthless. They bring the pain, course slits to the brain. Fuck it, why can't I never forget that fucking name? Cut that shit out of my brain, but this scars up the same. The same memories, the same fallacy, the same emotions that wish toxic corroded deeply in the insane framework, and I haven't even begun to look shook. If I look broken, then walk past. If I'm crawling, bleeding from the past, then just pass. I guarantee you wouldn't give a fuck about my feelings. You don't know me, so I know you couldn't give a fuck about what I deal with. You wouldn't give a fuck at first glance while I'm standing, so why aid me when I'm falling? If you never cared while I stand loosely with my head held high, brimming with false confidence, then how can I trust you're not another snake in the grass, fang like the rest to deceive me at my best and put me in the world's fucking crest? How can I trust you if you don't understand the word? Shit, ain't none of you know what trust is unless you've been beaten and broken and soaked in your own tears. So how can I trust you to aid me if I haven't seen you aid yourself? Show me the bandages and show me them scars. Show me you've been slit open. Show me the busted emotion. Show you could understand what I mean until then. Leave me the fuck alone. If I whelp, then walk past. If I fall, then walk past. If you see me bleeding from the scars, then I created the cut. Let the birds peck at my skin as you walk past. If I look broken, then walk past. If I'm crawling, bleeding from my past, then just pass. You'd be another obstacle on a clear path through hell, and I'm just trying to walk it. But once you see my ring of fire, understand the loop. Always repetitive. Always the same. Always wildfires that I forget to put out. So I let them burn buildings till it's hard to keep a city civil. Till it's hard to find what I need to rebuild these buildings stronger. But what is a man supposed to do when his suffering isn't the same as you? Well, God, God damn, bro. God, God damn. damn. <laughs> that shit, that shit was, I mean, bro, every time... You, you write your metaphors and your fucking you you use metaphors and imagery in such a vivid and visceral way that like and make me think of things in a way that I wouldn't have ever thought about them before um, like bro and the part where you were like fucking show uh, show me the bandages show me them scars yeah, like, show me, like, it, it's kind of like... Show me the busted emotion, yeah, yeah. Yeah, show, show me show me how fucked up you are, then you can then you can comment on me. 
then you can and you can look at me. Let 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 um you know oh, fuck, I can't even remember. Let the, the, let the birds peck up my skin. If you if you ain't know my like if you if you can't if you can't show me there's that a, you have been through something quote, similar. There's a quote that it reminded me of, and I believe it's from the Bible, and it's. Um. Yeah. Well, you know this. You know the phrase. If you, if you live in a glass house, you shouldn't throw stones. It, it's basic. It's basically that. Let let so, let something. Let the birds pick up my skin no, as you walk past. But anyway, but it, it, basically, if you live in a glass house, you shouldn't throw stones. You know the 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 tea shouldn't call the pot black because it's also black. You know what I mean? It's it's like look at show me show me how fucked up you are, and then you can if you're perfect, then you can comment on me and my scars and my fucking. Uh, Swear to God. You know don't yeah, don't judge me like you walked in my shoes. Uh, my dad just commented. Uh, I believe it was my dad. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It's just Facebook user, so you know sometimes I I'm not sure, but. Yeah, man, I I I one hundred percent get the sentiment of that, and it kind of goes with that other piece that you did, you know, like where you're talking about, you know, how you put on a fake face and you're sick of fucking wearing it, and everybody paints this fucking picture of you, and it's just like, well, you know what, you want to fucking want to judge me, paint this fucking picture of me, like let's see what's behind your mask, let's take off that fucking mask, and if not, then just walk past. Either we'll take off your mask, <laughs> take off your mask, or walk past. Swear to God, dude, I swear to God. No, they do kind of, like I said, all my music goes together. You can put all my shit together and make an epic. It is. It is an epic epic. I, uh, the, the poetry uh, collection that I'm working on right now, um, that... God knows when it'll come out, so we won't say anything about that. But um, no, say no spoilers. It's called, it's called the epic tragedy of a perfect fuck up, and That's it's a, the, epic tragedy is a play on words because an epic and a tragedy they're both um, they're they're both um, describing words. They're both um, pronouns, but they're also like names for types of stories, you know, a tragedy or an epic. Um, yep. So, like, it's kind of like a, a, a play on words. Um, but, yeah, did you, I don't, did you by chance get the message that I sent you the other day uh, about the the other thing that I was working on with the, the title? Uh, we'll, have talk, we'll have to talk about that. I just, I, I, like I said, I have ADHD, and it just, it just occurred to me. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll message you about it. But there's, right, uh, but, uh, I, I thought you would appreciate it because, like, like I said, man, you are like so good with those metaphors and those like reading between the lines. Like you can see, you can see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? Like you can see. Like you just have a different perspective on things, man. That know that people are just like. I think you're you're a rare. I think there's not there's not many like you who who can view the world like you and like speak about it like you do and you such colorful and uh, I, what was the word I used visceral yeah visceral imagery. Uh, it really, it was. It was just, you I appreciate that. For me, for me, bro. Every time, every time. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, that's my um, goal. I gotta keep doing it. <laughs> hell yeah, man. I'm gonna bring these other artists up, and I believe I was actually um, mistaken um, to Patricia. You have only done one, correct? 
Yes, sir. Okay, I, I apologize. It's pretty long. <laughs> it's been a long night. Would you like to do? Would you like to do a second piece? Um, you know, I, I don't need to think right now. I think mine was long enough. I took up enough time. Um, but I just want to comment on um, the uh, the rap that we just heard. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it you know, uh, very raw and very real. Another Facebook user stole my words. <laughs> That's just very much you. And, and I love it. And then again, you know, you don't give a fuck and that's beautiful. You know, you, you, you don't give a fuck in a way that is just so beautiful. I, I just, I don't know how to express it. The other thing is it, that came to mind, mind is if you say that all of these raps kind of go together, which I can see that, have you thought about writing them out in a book? Because rap really is poetry. You can have a poetry book. I say that all the time. Rap, that's basically what music is, is poetry. Um, I've thought right. about it, but um, with schizophrenia, I like the idea of everything being a puzzle. And if I ever got like rich and famous, stuff like that, it would be cool to see people online connecting the dots themselves to what connects and what doesn't. Yeah. Have you ever read House um, of Leaves? I know it's like a novel. It's very different. Read what? House of Leaves. House of No, I haven't. It's super weird and super different. Like it's not a rap. So I'm not trying to say that they're the same, but I. It just kind of makes me think it's like a puzzle. Also, so like theoretically, if you did them, if you put all of your raps in a, or your songs, um, you could almost make the format twist and turn and be all like crazy and weird and um, like make the the words themselves make pictures or like you could make. There's a lot of things you can make. So even if you put them all together, people would still have to puzzle it out and try to connect it. So I don't know, just because I kind of, yeah, I want to say like, it, it is really good. And you should want to um, echo her. Um, yeah, just make it like a, a book. A bad idea. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I'm still kind of like, when the term of coming out and being able to rap and stuff like that, it's still a little new to me. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it just yet but i know that i wanted to go somewhere eventually i i really like it i, I think like um uh, everyone's just like the the imagery and like um and i really liked um that one line you did the um the pecking like the birds pecking you as you walk by i can't remember i, I probably butchered it but um i thought that was really good and it like just kind of the entire um rap in that sense of just like how deep you're gonna go and how violent you know but without it being it's more like a message not violence if that makes sense so yeah i really like yeah. it awesome yeah. i appreciate y'all i do have to go though i have it is 10 40 i am being beckoned into the bedroom but i it was awesome hearing all y'all pieces like honestly that shit that was great that was that was nice it was a it was a good moment for me. I liked it. Hell yeah, you know, man! Yo, since you're gonna since you're gonna miss my pieces, I'll send you the link or whatever, and you can watch them. Or Bet you can go on YouTube when you're in bed. No, send send it to me because that's what I'm gonna go to bed to is watching the end of the show. Hell yeah, man! I appreciate it. It's been great yeah, having you. Ciao, bro. You have a good night. You too. Bye. Good night. All right, guys. So before we get out of here, I am going to read. Um, 
two pieces. Uh, give me one moment to pull them up. Um, I apologize. Okay. So these are two pieces, but they are one cohesive story. Um, and the way that I put them out on YouTube was um, basically like a, an old-fashioned tape, uh, side A and side B. Um, they're great listens. I did put a – I mean, uh, with my cheap setup at the time, as much work as I could into the production, um, I, 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 I tried really hard. Um, go check it out. It's on, it's on my YouTube channel, um, at, La, at Lost Boys, or just type in Dylan Lawler or whatever. Um, but yeah, this one is called, the first part of the story is called the girl who loaned me a pencil and it goes like this. I tune into CNN tonight and see my school building in the background. They're calling the shooting breaking news as if no one wants to admit that something has been broken for a long, long time. All the teachers are crying as they stand huddled together outside the old brick building, clutching their chests as if to keep their souls from escaping. They stare into the vast, empty, and indifferent eyes of the camera, each of them wondering how such a wonderful kid could do something so horrible. The only thought in my head as I sit in the darkness of my room, eyes glued to the screen, is how could she not? I didn't know her very well. I waved to her once, the door for her once. She loaned me a pencil once. Saw her every day, but never asked how she was doing. I never asked because I already knew. I knew the day I heard the school counselor ask her if she was okay, and I heard the razor blades in her voice and saw the bullets in her teeth as she smiled and said that she was fine. I knew because I was there the day she got chocolate milk dumped down her shirt in the cafeteria. I knew because I was just two seats over as spitballs were hitting the back of her neck during midterms. I knew because I heard the fake coughing and the names they muttered as they passed her in the hallway. I knew from the look of hopelessness and despair in her eyes every time she looked up from her phone. I knew when I heard the sobs as I walked past the locker room or past the bathroom. When no one else did, I knew watched day by day as her sleeves got longer and the bags under her eyes got darker. I watched day by day as all these little things added up to something that somebody should have noticed sooner. I saw the list of names in class one day. Her name was the last on the list. Mine was right above it. I find myself wondering, should I have told someone? Should I have done something? Would it have made a difference? Would it have made it worse? Did I even have the right to get involved? Was I on that list because I didn't? Do I deserve the same fate as the others? Should I have gone to school today? In the months to come, they will begin to rationalize the actions of this broken girl. They'll blame the music on her iPod or the movies and games on her shelves. They'll say her parents didn't raise her right. They'll talk about gun reform like AR-15 is the name of some parasite committing crimes against humanity or some illness to be treated like the common cold. What they won't do is watch the school cameras for the footage of the weeks and months leading up to this tragedy. They won't look at the messages on her Facebook or the notes that the victims left in her locker. Nobody will ever consider her the hero of this story.
certainly won't look at the bodies in the hallway like they're the corpses of slain monsters. And pretty soon, none of them will remember the deadly smile of the girl who loaned me a pencil. I will never forget it. And that is the first piece. Uh, the girl loaned me a pencil. Um, it is clearly, um, it's, a, it's, a heavy, it's a heavy one. Um, school shootings are still a big, big, big thing in our society. Um, they were big when I wrote it. It was like 2015, I think, um, or maybe 2016. It was, I mean, a lot of huge uh, mass either bombings or shootings were happening, not just in schools, but at concerts, big things with concerts. Our, the Ariana concert, um, that the country concert, I forget who was playing, but um, just, uh, and then a few years later, the, the Travis Scott concert, and and then all these schools, um, there's so too many to even name, but the one that caught my attention, I believe when I wrote this was, there was one in Florida and then one in Texas like the next week. And then there was one right, right after it, and I can't remember where, but it was, there was so many like back-to-back, and it just, I needed to say something. I needed to say something, and I, but it, I wrote it from a girl's perspective, which obviously most school shooters are male. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I was, it was my, it was, I, I, I needed to say, I needed to speak out, I needed to say something, and I needed to do it in a unique way to catch people's attention. Um, and that's, that's that piece. What do you guys think? Oh, uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I loved the, I mean, loved is like, cause it's like tragic, but um, the, um, the imagery with like the bullets in her teeth, and the razor blade, like, I love that, like where those are my favorite kind of lines. Whenever I, I see those where it's like, you know exactly what it means because like, I mean, if you have bullets in your teeth, they're probably going to, you know, shoot them. But like, at the same time, like you're not saying that. I like that um, you're saying so much without actually saying that much, and I think it makes it even deeper that way. Um, so I, I was actually thinking, I was like, do you do spoken word poetry? Because like, there's tons of like that stuff like around. Yeah, you should do that. I see. Like I said, I, uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, it's it's mostly trees. Not a lot of. Um, you know, concert halls or or even cafes to perform <laughs> poetry. And yeah, I mean, I, everybody keeps telling me I got to go Utah or Pennsylvania or wherever. Um, but uh, we we have less taxes, so um, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that is very, that is very <laughs> and I like the trees. God damn it! I I'm a big nature I guy. I love the trees. Too. I get it. Um, no, but yeah, no, I do. A lot of my stuff is spoken word. Um, like Cage was saying, you know, he, he does a lot of, um, acapella. I write acapella for the simple fact that I get too attached to beats. I'm like, no, I have to use this one and I can't. And if I, if I write it to a beat, it's like, I can't perform it without that beat. Mm. Um, and and it kind of gets stuck in this weird place. So I just write everything acapella. And then if I find a beat later, I find a beat later. That's awesome. Um, with one exception, I wrote this the major i started it off acapella and then wrote the rest of this song um when i was like 15 um to this beat and it is still one of my favorite songs i've ever done and i actually finally contacted the the uh guy who made it and bought it 
um, not exclusively, but I'm able to use it in, um, actual, like if I want to make an album or a song and actually make royalties and money off of it, I can, um, up to a million copies or a million digital downloads. No, not, or, and digital million copies, middle million digital downloads. But yeah, but mostly I write it, uh, without a beat, even when I'm doing rap, because I want the, I want the flexibility not only to not have a beat, but also to be able to perform it a different way, to perform it slower at a different cadence, um, or, or really pronounce things or get different emotions across. Um, and yeah, like my performance, that kind of thing, like getting emotions across is something that I've really like tried hard to work on. Um, so I, I appreciate you noticing that. Yeah. Um, Patricia, did you have something? I'm sorry. I, I just rambled. So, that's okay. What I wanted to say is um, that I could see the decline of that girl um, through your, I guess that would be like a poem or just kind of like a narrative. I'm not exactly sure what category it falls in, under. Um, but I, you know, it, it wasn't a lot of words, but I could, I could see the decline. You know what I mean? Like she goes to wearing the long sleeve. She goes to looking down. You know, So you did that very well. You know, she starts sort of okay or maybe even at a moderately high point and then she goes down. So that's what really struck me about the piece. Um, and yeah. it kind of paints a picture of what someone like that, you know, might look like. Um, so I thought that was very important. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for seeing that. Yeah. Cause that's really something I was trying to convey is like that all the signs were there all along and that she was slowly declining all along. And, and it was kind of it, the piece is a reflection piece from that character of, you know, I, it's so, kind of sometimes hard to see what was right in front of you until it blows up in your face or until it's not there anymore. Um, and it was kind of like him, him reflecting back on like, if I could make a video for that, um, if I could make a video for that piece, it would just be all, uh, you know, a kid sitting in his room and then flashbacks of like, you know, uh, I just pictured like the, uh, the thing in the cafeteria or spitballs hitting her neck, just like little, these flashbacks that she, he's like coming to this real realization, like, you know, all the signs were there. I saw them. Could I have saved this girl? Was it even my place? Like, and it just, he had, just comes to this like existential crisis of like, well, I didn't know this girl very well. She, all she did ever did was loan me a pencil. But then again, I saw another human being like, uh, you know, destroying themselves and, you know, become, you know, falling into the darkness. And I didn't reach out a hand to try to pull him up. Um, and it's a, a very big existential crisis, um, that I feel like uh, it's part of it. it I, I hate when people just call it like survivor's guilt. Cause it's not just survival's guilt, survivor's guilt. You know, it's more than that. It's so much more than that because it, it's hard to see it until, you know, like you, you don't see it when you're going through it. You're humans as a species are meant to be selfish. We're meant to focus on what's right in front of us our path and nothing else. I mean, that's why 
for one of the evolutionary reasons why our eyes face forward a lot like deers and other like they can see and fish and a lot of animals can see 360 humans are very forward focusing um people and they don't tend to see what's in their peripheral vision until it fucking hits their side mirror and yeah um so i i I, yeah i really do appreciate you noticing like that aspect of it because that was one of the most important aspects of it um and with the whole story too because the second piece the second piece um kind of goes off of that um and, and you'll see you'll see that in a minute um but thank you for your commentary on that. Um, I pre- and I appreciate you noticing what I was trying to do. Uh, this second piece is um, part of the same story. It is called The Man Behind the Mask. And it is the same character um, who has now walked into another room to find um, his best friend um, has committed suicide. Um, and his, you know, his, his body is laying there. So that's where this starts. Man behind the mask. As I sit in the silence and darkness beside the empty shell of a man I once knew, I find myself wondering how such a close friend could hide such darkness. His glassy, soulless eyes stare back at me and wonder how I could possibly make Sorry about I I hit the mute button guys. I apologize. <laughs> Let me begin again. As I sit in the silence and darkness beside the empty shell of a man I once knew, I find myself wondering how such a close friend could hide such darkness. His glassy soulless eyes stare back at me and wonder how I could miss what has been right in front of me for so long. It is now that I am forced to question everything. Every smile, every conversation, every time I asked how he was doing, every time he smiled his plastic smile and said that he was fine. I tell myself that I couldn't possibly have known. I tell myself that there were no obvious signs. I tell myself that if he needed help, he would have asked for it. I tell myself, I'll sleep tonight. Sorry, my screen just cut out on me. Jesus, it does not want me to do this poem. Apologize. Okay. Here we go. Sorry. myself even if he did ask i couldn't have done much anyway i tell myself it's not my fault i tell myself i'll sleep tonight i remember how he used to be i remember the jokes i remember the laughs i remember the brilliant ideas i remember the stupid mistakes i remember the joy i remember the pain but most of all i remember how full of life he was and how hard he tried to share that spirit of life with others I remember how his personality lit up the world around him like a lighthouse over a dark stormy sea. I remember when he was a beacon of hope for me. I don't remember exactly when he changed. I don't remember the precise moment when the life faded away. 
when the light dimmed and he was lost in a sea of blackness. I can't put a timestamp on the day I lost my best friend. I do remember seeing the look of vacancy in his eyes when he looked at me, like staring through the windows of a house that hasn't been lived in in years. I remember the cold, dark emptiness behind those glassy windows. I remember when I started to notice the thick, dark bags under them. I remember when his skin started turning the faded off-white of an old sheet. I remember him getting so skinny he could have been knocked off his feet by a light breeze, his jawline thinner than a razor blade, his cheeks sunken in like craters, ridges of bone nearly poking through the stretched pale skin. I remember the day he pulled his sleeves down to hide the marks on his arms. I remember seeing him less and less after that day. I remember the missed phone calls. I remember the unread messages. I remember the lives, the lies, and the half-truths, and the excuses, and the things he said that he meant in the moment, the things I wanted so desperately to believe. I remember wanting to help him. I remember not knowing how. I remember watching day by day as he vanished behind a mask. I just never thought so many smiles could be faked. Never knew such a tortured soul could be disguised behind such a thin veil. Never realized such a strong person could be so broken. I know. All the signs were obvious, right? I would have had to have been blind who had not noticed it, right? How could I have missed it? How could I have not seen the war he was fighting before he became a casualty? How could I have not seen him at the edge of the darkness and pulled him up before it was too late? Before he surrendered his soul to it? Before I lost him forever? Wouldn't a good friend have noticed sooner and done something in time? Of course, a part of me knows the man I once called friend, knew the man I once called friend was falling into the abyss. And yes, a part of me wanted to reach out a hand and save him. A part of me. But a much bigger part was scared to look behind the mask. Scared to see what was left of the man behind it. So I did what felt better, felt safer, what felt easier. I let myself believe that everything was okay. Yet now, here I sit, staring at the cold, merciless result of my ignorance, arrogance, and selfishness. The horrific truth of my complacency. The heartless reality of my ina inaction. Only now that it is too late to do any good, I find myself wondering, should I have known all along? Should I have kept a closer eye on him? Should I have called someone? Should I have done something? Does it make me a bad person because I didn't? Would it have even made a difference if I did? Was I ever really his friend? Did I ever really know him at all? In the weeks and months to call, in the uh, wow, in the weeks and months to come, the missing piece of the world, the piece that some called son, the piece that some called brother, the piece that some called friend. It will fade into the background with a million others that have been lost to the sands of time. Even those who were closest to him will begin to forget the story that was told here today. They will go back to their everyday life, drinking Corona with their friends and pretending nothing terrible has happened. Pretending like all of their souls haven't just been gripped by the darkness and come, awake, come away stained. 
Then they'll make posts on social media about how scared they are of the new illness that's sweeping the nation, killing thousands of people. Meanwhile, none of them will offer any solution to the deadliest diseases of them all, the ones that are right next door to them and in their own backyard, because the simple fact is there is no brand of hand sanitizer in the world pure enough to wash away chemical depression. There is no vaccine for addiction, and I promise you there is no beer in the universe high gravity enough to make you love yourself. We can't allow ourselves to forget what happened here today. We can't forget the plastic smile of the man who lived behind a mask. Nor can we allow this deadly virus to go unrecognized or unchecked any longer. We can't continue to let this evil contagion spread like the chaotic wildfire that it is. Something needs to be done. Some action needs to be taken. I just don't know what it is. I'm just not the right person to ask for the answers. I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I don't have a license or a degree. I don't have any formulas or solutions. I just have this pencil someone loaned me once and this page. This is not me offering an answer. This is not my attempt to make the world understand or even care. Nor is it a list of my regrets. Hope. It's a prayer. It is the least I can do. And that is that piece. Um, What did you guys think? Yeah, that was also really intense. Yeah, I, yeah, I uh, it talks about it's like that whole thing of like, well, why didn't I see this? Like, you know, I, uh, I feel like you. It's always the hindsight. You know, there's never going to be a point when I mean, we we're human. We're not gonna. I mean, I, I think maybe even if you saw like the signs, unless you're actually looking for them, you're not going to see them, you know? And why would you, unless like someone has like history that it, it makes a lot of sense why you wouldn't see anything. So it's, it's this whole like, po- like I really like how the poem kind of goes through all this guilt, but it's like a lot of people who deal with that sort of thing kind of go through that same thing. So I, I just thought that was, uh, it was really good. Thank you. Um, I just want to say this poem is dedicated to um, one of my best friends who passed away in 2019. Um, His name is Bryson Edwards. Uh, He passed away of a fentanyl overdose. Um, I believe it was like literally one or two lines of Coke and too much. And it's laced with fentanyl. So it just, it kills people right away. Um, And so that was dedicated to him. Um, Obviously a lot of the talk of um, about, you know, what he looked like as a drug addict and, you know, his, his skin. And a lot of that came from personal experience. Um, so yeah, it was the, they're both very deep and emotional and personal poems for me, but that one more so, um, because the first one is more fictional than the second one is. Um, they're both fictional stories, but the second one actually happened. I didn't, I'm not the one who personally found him. Um, and God bless his God bless his girlfriend. She is the one who found him. Um, but I, everything else besides you know being the actual person who, who found him, everything else in that piece was one hundred percent real. Um, so that was definitely more personal for me. Uh, Patricia, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. So I just want to say that um, what I really took away from that is 
just how someone else's death affects the people that are left behind. Um, whether it's from a suicide or a death, like your friend, you know, had the fentanyl and the coke or whatever the case may be. Um, it, it, you know, as horrible as it is for the victim, you know, there's people that are left behind. Um, and I, I actually really hope that pieces like this could inspire people that are thinking of suicide to maybe contemplate um, how others will feel if they're successful. You know what I mean? Um, because it, not, there's just this whole ripple effect. Um, it, it's not just the victim, it's people left behind that are, you know, have to live with these things and um, think about, oh my God, could I have prevented it or whatever? So, yeah, I, I, I also want to say, um, you know, now like my friend, he wasn't now he had bad, bad days as we all do. And I think we all have days where we feel like we don't want to be on this planet anymore. Um, but he was not what you would call, you know, suicidal, but right. The way, the way I look at it as, and I've had, and I've had problems with substance abuse myself is it is a form of being suicidal because it's a slow death. You know, you're putting things into your body that can slowly kill you, whether it's alcohol and, and don't get me wrong. I, I still drink occasionally. Um, I try to minimize the amount um, and you know, whatnot, but it is because I have so many friends and so many family members who are just falling into this pit where like, they can't, they can't stop drinking. Like they're going to be drinking or they're going to be doing whatever that this substance is for the rest of their lives. And it's, and it's sad. It is sad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, 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 and here's the thing. I don't want to like, you know, personally, like, I don't want to doom those people because anyone can change. Anyone's capable of making a change. Um, you know, I, I do know people who are in their fifties who have gotten sober and then, um, ended up being sober, you know, or, or still sober. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is, it's kind of my, like, just keep an eye on your happy friends. Cause you never know, you never know what they're hiding behind a mask. Not only just a mask of like, what, like, um, cage was saying earlier, just the mask that we all put on every day for everyday people. Um, but also, you know, whether it's drug addiction or something else, the personal struggles that they're going through, you don't, you never know um, what, what someone's going through and, and how it's going to affect them. And and then like Patricia said, affect, affect you um, and affect the people around you because like, like funerals, they're not for the dead. They're for the living, you know, all yeah. uh, tributes aren't for, I mean, tributes as much as like, it is very nice to and, and I and I do believe on some level that um, his it was you know I'm not typically religious in the sense of like heaven and hell or whatever but I am very spiritual um, and I believe that like our spirits the energy doesn't dissipate it just changes form uh, and that's a law of physics so by that line of reasoning that our spirit which is energy would would do the same thing so I believe it's on some level he is conscious of the fact that I have, um, you know, dedicated a piece to him or some, something like that. But I don't really think that it 
things that we do for the dead are done the way a lot of people say, oh, it's done because, oh, they're looking down on me and I want to show them. And that is a great sentiment, but I really think that it, they're really more doing it for themselves. And that's that's okay, though. The, that's what I want to stress is it is okay to do things for yourself. It is okay to grieve. It is okay to manage your – because the one thing that is true is those loved ones would want you to be able to grieve and handle it in your own way. Um, that is 100% true. So – yeah, I I think that yeah, I I think that like we we do things for the dead selfishly for ourselves, but at the same time it is it it is a way to um not only say goodbye but like keep say goodbye and keep a piece of them with you at the same time. Um so yeah, I mean, there's just I, I've lost I've lost a lot of a lot of friends not all not all of them from uh, suicide or drug addiction but mm, too many too many enough enough that it's I think one is too many honestly but enough that it's um, again something that I felt the need to speak on very strongly and yeah I hope that I got and I hope that everyone um, there, there were there were a few things that I commented on that were not related to the actual um, poem itself, uh, like COVID and gun reform um, and things like that. So there, there, that, that's something that I, I hope people uh, picked up on as well because there, I was trying to give my kind of like little two cents on that while not, you know, making it the main focus of the piece. If you get what I mean. Um. But yeah, thank you guys for hearing it. I, I I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, and um, yeah, those are those are some of my most personal pieces. So I'm so happy that I got to share them with you, and um, you guys were able to listen. Um, and thank you guys for sharing your pieces with with me. It fantastic writing from both of you. Fantastic stories. I really want to go get your um stuff. It's both both of these guys. They're girls. Sorry, they're on Amazon. Um, and she's got Miss Elizabeth. She's got uh seven to ten anthologies that she's published in. Um, and you can also follow her on Instagram as Elizabeth Suggs author. And Patricia Ray, she's got a book out right now called Tales of American Idiocy, and a book that is coming out called what is it again? Conspiracy Crew: The End Is Meow. I love that. That just that makes my heart happy when I hear that title. Aww, the end is meow. Yeah. It really does because it's like a and I think that's what your 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 story does, um, or or your collection of stories does really well is bring like it's it's these brings these dark topics and then somehow makes a way makes you feel warm and fuzzy like you're cuddling up next to animals like <laughs> you know what i mean well, like are, you're telling the stories the animals are yeah. the animals are gonna save the humans you know <laughs> it's 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 so wholesome it's so wholesome and so amazing and elizabeth your uh pieces first of all the first one was just hilarious and i i want to hear more comedy pieces from you oh, um good. i do want to hear i i do want to hear um because like I personally, my favorite stuff is the darker, more morbid stuff. And that's just kind of who I am as an artist. But like, you know, 
Edgar Allan Poe and like those, those are like that's 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 kind of my, my reign of of art but um yeah no I I just I think your sense of humor was amazing and I think that you should do more with that kind of what is I'm trying to I'm trying to find the word for it. it's like it's kind of tongue in cheek like melancholy and it's just like yeah yeah I just I really I really love that it really works for you and your personality okay. um but yeah fantastic work from work from both of you guys thank you so much for being on um before we get out of here is there anything you guys want to say to me or to the people or anything else just thanks for listening and uh yeah find me on instagram connect let's talk absolutely all right thank you guys make sure you all go check elizabeth out on instagram and patricia out on gab.com goodreads um, and both of them out on Amazon and you can check us out on hit it, Brandon, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google podcast, Amazon, audible, iTunes or iHeartRadio, Pandora, Samsung, freaking everywhere. Just go everywhere. You can get it. It's out there. Uh, find us. And if you want to donate to the cause, anything from five cents to $5, it helps. Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, all the same tag, Lost Boy 420X. Don't forget the X. Thank you all so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Have a great night, and I'll catch you all next Good week. Good night.